Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is your Cougar preview show, counting you down to BYU and Navy on Monday. And, of course, we'll have your pre- and post-game shows for you here on the Zone Sports Network. But it is here, folks. College football is upon us in a weird way and something we're all trying to get accustomed to. But welcome to the new normal, I suppose. I'm excited to talk with the Navy color analyst, Joe Miller, here in just a second. But I just want to tell you before we do that, Scotty, we've had a great run, and we've had a lot of fun on this show. There have been moments in this show's history where you've let me down and upset me. But you not liking the parrot singing Beyonce's If I Were a Boy? It sounds like more like If I Were a Rich Man. You know you, you know, we've that, done this before where some yeah. bird <laughs> sang a song and we we both hated it. No. Yeah. No, when? That's happened, like, I think this year. Scotty? I don't remember that. I don't either. Fine, I'll, I'll it find it. Maybe I blocked it out of my mind. I'm pretty sure this is the only singing bird that we've <laughs> ever played and talked about. I can't imagine that's something that was a regular occurrence on this show, but maybe it is. Yeah, no, it's it's really not. And I'm not saying that this bird I mean, is Woody Woodpecker. With hands, are like, you sure? It's not talking sentences, and it's not perfect. But he sings it, and you can hear him even a little vibrato. At least give me a little Toucan Sam, at least, you know. Give me. Is that, uh, is that Fruit Loops? I can't remember. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's Fruit Loops. I wish I owned this bird. I, I'd take it no, on tour. No, you don't. I no, you would not. I would. You don't want the, you, no that bird, and that's why. Like, I just I'm sure there's really there's bird owners out there that love their birds, and that's great. But like, what you can't like you love to cuddle with Buster. Yeah. Yeah. And Gracie. Uh huh. Well, you're not cuddling with a bird. Yeah, a bird doesn't care about you. My dogs are my snuggle bugs. Yeah. Even I'd rather have a cat than a bird. There's no way I'm getting a cat. Yeah, I'd rather have a cat than a bird, but I'm not allergic to bird feathers. I'm allergic to cat dander. Uh, But reminder, that is a long commitment. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. You can't count on that thing accidentally. uh, Yeah, I mean, things not going away anytime soon. All right, let's get back to BYU and Navy as uh, that game will kick off on Monday. Joining us now, uh, color analyst for the Navy broadcast, Joe Miller, kind enough to carve out a few moments for us on the T-Mobile special guest line. Joe, how are you? Hey, Joe. I'm doing well, guys. How are you guys doing? I'm good. I think all of us are like, is this game actually going to happen? Are we really going to get this game? And I think some of us are waiting until the kickoff before we actually believe it's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty crazy. I mean, it's you know, it, it doesn't, even though the calendar says it's football season, it just doesn't feel like it right now. And I, I it, and it's just been a weird sort of uh, run up to this game because, you know, we had Notre Dame on the schedule. I mean, a couple of months back, we were, you know, supposed to be in Ireland to play Notre Dame. And obviously that seemed like it was in peril uh, pretty much from the get go. Uh, but then we, you know, then we have Notre Dame coming to Annapolis, which has never happened before. So people got excited about that. And then that goes off the schedule, and then you get BYU, and I think people are really excited about seeing this game. I mean, it, it's as, you know when you look at the out of conference matchups for the AAC, I mean it's as good as it gets. So, uh, but yeah, it's sort of that. It, it's weird. We had you know a couple of phone calls and talking to coaches and stuff, and 
and it, it it's like okay it's it's really happening on Monday night but it's been a little bit weird in the build up because you know usually you're out at practice and you're watching those things and you're talking to coaches and we just haven't had that ability this year uh, so it, it's definitely a weird build up but I, I'm ready for it I'm all for it Monday night. <laughs> We, we, we just had a great conversation with Coach Nui Matalolo, and we were able to kind of pick his brain on how this all came together. And he's just such a great guy. I, I want to get your thoughts on, on him as a head coach and what he's done there over the years, Joe. How, how beloved is he in Annapolis and in that community? Uh, right up there. I mean, it, it's been a remarkable uh, – I, I think, you know, when you talk to him, you know, since he's been there so long – you get a sense, and the thing I always say about him is that, you know, what you see is what you get. I mean, he's a real guy. I mean, he's a real uh, person who cares about people, and I think that's the most important thing that comes across um, when you talk to him. And he's certainly intense on game day. Uh, that's the other part that I love about him is that uh, before I was doing uh, in the booth, uh, you know, I was down on the field uh, as a sideline guy, and there was a couple times where, you know, in the middle of the game at halftime, you sort of cringe when you ask a question to him. Uh, but uh, it's all in good, you know, it's just because he's intense. And uh, that's what I love about him is that intensity, but also that uh, sort of that warm feeling that you also get when you get a chance to talk to him. And he's as real as he gets. He preaches family, brotherhood. And, you know, sometimes that can be a cliche, uh, but it's not with this program. And the amount of success that they've had is, is really truly remarkable. I mean, I started uh, with the program, uh, you know, right after Paul Johnson had got there initially, uh, I remember the first game I ever went to was Phillip Rivers in North Carolina State, and I think it was like 56-3 to three at halftime. And the complete turnaround uh, where, you know, last year you're going to the Liberty Bowl against a, a good Kansas State team, you know, really good football team, uh, and, you, you, you know, you're able to compete with them and win. And I think moving into the AAC has really uh, built up uh, a lot of um, – you know, confidence in this program that they can succeed and contend for conference titles. And um, I, I think that's an amazing achievement that th- this team and this program is, you know, year in and year out. I know a couple of years ago they had a, a down season, but year in and year out, right there in the mix uh, with some pretty good football teams in the AAC. And I think that's a testament to what they've been able to build in the program that they have in Annapolis. Malcolm Perry uh, threw for 1,000 yards last year, but rushed for 2,000 yards, 21 <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, just a remarkable player. Obviously, you don't replace a guy like that, but what's sure. the plan at that position to try to uh, keep up with some of that production? Yeah, it's crazy when you think about 2,000 yards rushing and 1,000 yards passing. It, it's almost unbelievable uh, in some regards. You know, Getting to watch it every game last year was quite impressive what he was able to do. But uh, Dalen Morris is going to get to start on – uh, Monday night, uh, you know, he's a guy that's been in the program for four years, uh, but just hasn't had an opportunity to, to start. In fact, when he started the season last year, he was third on the depth chart. Uh, so, you know, he's moved up. Uh, I know they were very excited about when they recruited him. It's a different style. He came from a high school system where he threw the ball a lot. So they initially, you know, wanted to bring him along slowly because of the option offense and trying to get used to what they do. Uh, and, you know, I, I, the, the other thing that kind of stands out when you talk about Dalen is you know, the way his teammates react to him. I think he's a real leader on this team, even though he hasn't taken really a meaningful snap in his career. But uh, they've been really impressed with him, um, you know, the spring uh, camp, uh, and or I should say the summer camp, because they didn't have spring uh, practice this year. And, you know, talking to uh, Ivan Jasper, the offensive coordinator, yesterday, you know, he said he's ready to go. I mean, 
he's been in our system for four years, so he should know what we're doing, so we're not too concerned with that. But obviously anytime you play a football game, you got a guy that really has never taken a big major step, a snap before, there's going to be concern there. But, um, you know, there was, you know, I was talking once again to uh, office coordinator Evan Jasper yesterday about whether or not they would, you know, because his ability to throw the football, would they change things? He's like, no, we're, we're our same system. So uh, I don't think they'll adjust too much. Maybe you'll see him throw it maybe a couple times more, but I don't think it's going to be drastic. Uh, but I think they're excited about Dalen. Uh, you know, I'm certainly excited to see what he has out there. I mean, there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of years about his talent, and now we get a chance to see it on the field. So um, he's going to get first shot, and I expect him uh, to do a pretty good job on Monday night. So as we were talking to Coach Ken, I, I brought up the fact that the Brigade of Midshipmen will be there and, and how excited is he, and, and he alerted me to the fact that that decision had been reversed. Kind of talk yeah. about what happened there and talk about the, the crowd not being able to come in and the fans being able to come in and participate. Well, I, I know initially there was a you know, conversation about having people there, um, you know, you know, the state of, uh, of Maryland sort of holds that final decision, and they decided not to have uh, uh, allow the brigade being there. And there wasn't, the, you know, the full brigade is a little bit over 4,000. They weren't going to have everybody there. I think the plan was for around 1,500. Now, right now, uh, the Naval Academy is in sort of, a, you know, not sort of, are in a bubble. You know, you, so the thought was, hey, we have these students that are in a bubble and allow them to come to the game. Uh, but with everything, I think everybody's being extremely cautious about things. Things in Maryland have been pretty good here recently, and I think everybody's sort of, um, you know, crossing their fingers, hoping things will stay that way. Uh, so I, I know it's going to be a unique – I'm still not really sort of uh, – <laughs> I'm not still really sure what it's going to be like Monday because you have this great opportunity and atmosphere that you would think on a Monday night game, Labor Day as you guys know, Labor Day night has usually been reserved for a major college football game. And to be in that environment but yet not have any fans there, I think everybody's sort of questioning and wondering what it's going to be like. Uh, so I think we all have that sort of question in the back of our mind about what is it, what is it going to look like, what is it going to sound like. Um, so I think uh, you know, we, the times we've seen the players talk about it, they've talked about, hey, we've got to be self-motivators. Uh, and I think that's what the coaching staff is sort of leaning on. Uh, but, yeah, I'm not really sure what it's going to feel like inside the stadium because of the fact that nobody will be there. Uh, but I think out of, uh, as we've heard this phrase many times over the last few months, out of the abundance of caution, uh, they're not going to allow anybody there as far as the uh, brigade is concerned. So a few weeks ago, the Big Ten shuts down. The Pac-12 immediately follows then the Mountain West, and as a fellow G5 conference, how can I mean? Did the was the AAC always on board, or did you were you concerned that they might shut down as well, or was it always full steam ahead for those guys? It seemed to me, from my perspective, it was always I don't know if full steam ahead is the right way to, but you know, cautiously optimistic that they were going um, to go play and have a season. Um, so I, I, I think. You know, on the broader picture, the question of um, of shutting down. I think, look, everybody is trying to do the best thing possible, and I think one of the things that early on it was a sort of a sentiment that we're going to try to play. Um, and I think um, when you look at the other sports at the Naval Academy, they play in the the Patriot League, uh, 
which is a regional conference for you know the, the Olympic sports. Um, you know they sh- they shut things down pretty quickly, um, and there's no other fall sports happening at the Naval Academy, even though. Uh, the students are back uh, at the Naval Academy. But uh, as I said, it's essentially a military, military base, so you can control who comes in and who comes out. So it's easy to sort of provide that bubble, a lot easier than other institutions, obviously. So I, I think the AAC was always sort of pointed towards the direction of playing football. And, you know, they've had some setbacks. Some uh, places have, you know, Paul's practice. Uh, they have moved a couple of games. But right now, it seems like I know Memphis plays this week. There's a couple other teams that play this week in the conference as well. Uh, no conference games this week, but you know, out of conference games. So uh, it seems like uh, you know we'll, we're we're going towards football, and we're going to have football. And I, I think they looked at a lot of things, but it seemed like to me they were pointed towards playing for the most part from the get-go. I'm curious if you've had any reports i would imagine that the academy isn't real keen on releasing reports but have they dealt with bouts of covid have they had players have to quarantine do you know honestly i don't know the answer to that um uh, i haven't off the top of my head i haven't heard any of you know reports of it currently especially amongst the football team um so honestly i don't know the answer to that question uh but uh, I don't know if that's public information right now as well either. Overall, defensively, uh, we talked to a Coach, and he mentioned he's got he's got a couple of players he's really excited about on the defensive side. But we know about that offense. We know what 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 they can do, and and certainly the kind of production they can put up. But how does Navy look on the defensive side of the ball right now? Well, I think they're really excited about their secondary. Um, it's really the. Well, one of the few times you know, at Navy, a lot of times you don't have a bunch of guys coming back. Uh, you know, Navy traditionally plays a lot of upperclassmen. It's just hard to move uh, into the depth chart as a freshman and sophomore when you're dealing with Cleve Summer and stuff like that. So traditionally, you know, we've always been a veteran-laden uh, team. And this year, I, I think you look at the secondary, you have both corners and both safeties coming back, and they have some really nice depth there. Uh, so I think they're excited about that. I mean, you, you look at their corners. Uh, Cameron Kenley, Michael McGoris, I think it's the best cornerback duo, and they have some depth there, too, with Michael Farrar that they've had in a long time. Uh, Brennan and Foxman, their safeties, very aggressive guys, and it plays towards their uh, scheme. You know, they brought in a new defensive coordinator last year and Brian Newberry, and it completely turned around this team. I mean, they went from giving up 33 points a game to last year giving up just 22 points. They went from just 10 sacks the year before, and they had 30 last year. Uh, so they completely transformed their defense. Now they did lose, uh, you know, their top sack guy on the outside, Jacob Springer, uh, who's the, you know, their plays their striker position. He transferred to Old Miss, uh, and that's a big loss for them. I mean, they've got to find that production. Springer was a big guy getting into the pressure to the quarterback and hitting some tackles for a loss. So they got to figure that out. Uh, and at the nose guard spot, they lose uh, Jackson Pittman, who was one of their best nose guards that they've seen here. Uh, probably over the last 15 or 20 years. So there's a couple areas where they're concerned about. Um, but I think the strength of the defense lies in the secondary. Uh, it's as good a pass defense as they've had in a while. And um, you need that in this conference with all the talented quarterbacks and wide receivers in the AAC. So uh, I think they'll lean on, try to lean on those guys. But I think the biggest question coming in is who's going who's gonna to generate that pass rush because it was such a major weapon for them last year. They've got to find somebody that can get to the quarterback. 
You know, I was trying to figure out this matchup with BYU. Obviously, BYU defensively has been a, a drop eight, and they've done some really yeah. different, unique designs over the last couple of years with E. Tuiaki as the defensive coordinator. And I'm just trying to think of this matchup. They've got a couple of big heavy boys up front. And so I'm curious, when I say big heavy boys up front, defensively they've got some big defensive linemen in that Kairos Tonga, and then the, the, yeah. two, uh, the two ends are just big heavy bodies. They're not real pass rush artists. They're just run stoppers. Um, I'm curious to know, your offensive line, how much of it's returning? How solid are they? Are they going to be able to root out some big defensive linemen? Well, you know, there's two guys coming back with starting experience. There's other guys that have played a decent amount. I think they're, uh, I, you know, I, I think they're focused on trying to figure out the left side of the offensive line. That's sort of the area where um, you have some inexperience, so they're trying to uh, figure that out. I mean, it, it's funny. Uh, I, I think we were on a call yesterday. We were talking about uh, the big defensive line for BYU. And, look, this, you know, <laughs> and I think uh, Coach Jasper brought up the fact that, you know, we've got against uh, – uh, you know, some big nose tackles in the past, Aaron Donald, uh, and, and some talented guys. And uh, usually, maybe, we'll have a plan for those guys, but they're not going to completely uh, change their game plan. I mean, I, I, I watched a couple of the BYU games just preparing for this game a little bit, and I was shocked. I mean, I don't know if I've seen a team rush three and drop eight as much as BYU did in the two games I watched. Uh, you know, they might have done that like 95% of the time, and it doesn't mean a lot for – for Navy and what they do offensively, you know, it's always interesting because when you talk to the coaches, you're like, what's the game plan headed into the week? And, you know, they'll, they'll have a routine of what they want to do, but it's also dictated on how teams play them. You know, they're after that first series, you know, they, they'll flip the script a lot of times. <laughs> they'll say, hey, they're playing us this way. We didn't necessarily expect that, so let's go to plan B. So it's a, it's a different way, a different dynamic about talking about what they do offensively because – you know, sometimes uh, I, I've asked coaches in the past, how many plays do you script? And they're like, yeah, we script some things, but we don't want to get, you know, we don't want to have too heavy of a script because we don't know how the defense is going to react. And that's, you know, BYU really hasn't played a team like this in a while. So, uh, and, and I know they've been talking about not possibly moving to a four-man front and doing some different things. So I think there's going to be a surprise factor there involved on what BYU and how they line up. Uh, but, traditionally maybe is more about what they want to do than what the defense is going to do so a lot of times maybe you know takes the uh, opinion of let's dictate what we want to do and what let's do what we do best and sort of then worry about what the defense is trying to accomplish but i will say the one thing traditionally watching this team over a long time the one thing that you look at that teams can if there's any sort of way to slow down this offense i would say uh, a nose tackle or defensive tackle. Usually teams don't play us in a four-man front. Usually it's a three or an odd-man front. But a, a nose tackle that can wreak havoc is one of the ways that you can, uh, you know, you can have some issue, You can force Navy into some different issues. I think of the last couple of years in the games that they've struggled with. It's been because teams have gotten that initial penetration off the offensive line against the Navy offensive line, and and maybe that's one way. But look, they're really good at adjusting on the fly. So. I think they try to do what they do best. And, you know, I'm not saying they don't worry about what the defense is trying to accomplish, but they're focused on themselves more than anything. Okay, so really quickly, with that being said, Kairos Tong, obviously the, the best, probably the best player right now on BYU's roster with Matt Bushman going down with the Achilles. 
and a, a returning starting quarterback in, in Zach Wilson and what you know of this BYU team and what you know of Navy returning. How do you think this plays out on Monday, Joe? I think it's a close game. I, I think it's a game sort of like Navy's game against Kansas State last year in the Liberty Bowl where it's a close, tight game. Uh, I would be a little bit surprised if it's a crazy high-scoring affair, not just saying that it, it couldn't happen. Uh, but I, I think you look at Navy, who knows what home field advantage means at this point. Uh, but I, I think this is a close, tight game between two good football teams. And I think the, really the key is Navy trying to slow down Zach Wilson a little bit and sort of keeping him contained and not letting him go crazy. Um, so, uh, you know, I think the mids are probably right where they should be, a couple point favorites. But I, I think it's, it's an incredibly close game, and I would be surprised if anybody sort of won this game going away on Monday night. We certainly appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us, and uh, enjoy that game. Are you going to be uh, – I'm assuming they have you guys at the stadium, or are you calling the game yeah. off yeah, we'll, we will be at the stadium, so we're going to be in our regular booth, so we will be there. So that's, uh, We will not be traveling on the road this year, but we'll be at our home game. So at least that, we got that going for us this year. Oh, there you go. At least you got that for sure. Hey, well, we appreciate <laughs> it. Thanks for your time. No problem. Thank you, guys. Have a good you, one. You got it. It's, I've talked to a couple of guys that uh, – and I'm not sure exactly. We check and see how Greg Rebell's doing it, but that seems to be the norm with a lot of schools that their broadcast crew are going to be on-site games, but – not not traveling. My guess is that's probably 90. I might even be 100%. I would think so. Well, just because if you're going to have those, if you're going to have your broadcasters around the players and coaches, which normally they're on the charter uh, and on the buses and in the hotels and everything, then those guys are going to need to have the same kind of testing that everybody else is going through. And uh, a university is playing for, you know, they're going to be paying for coaches and players to be tested they're not going to be overly interested in paying for that for broadcasters. So I would assume that would be the case for a lot of uh, a lot of schools going forward. All right, we're live here at, uh, well, I tell you what, just a great, great facility. Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, 4500 South State Street. And uh, Mark's hanging out with us once again. Uh, Mark, uh, we've talked about the forever warranty. We've talked about 0% financing. We've talked about uh, the Titans and the selection. There's really no reason why somebody shouldn't come down here on Labor Day weekend and snag a vehicle. I can't think of one. Nope. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> I've got something for your listeners I think they're really going to like. These are the top three things you need to do to get the most money for your trade. Okay, okay. A lot of people don't know this is little insider information. Number one, just clean your car out. You know, get the McDonald's out, the fries, you know, that type of stuff. Just vacuum it out, run it through the car wash, make it look good because, you know, you're trying to present it in a good yeah, way and get sure. the most money you can. Number two is make sure you take everything out of your glove box and just bring your registration. And number three is bring it to Tim Daly Nissan and Murray. And here's why. Because right now during our Labor Day sales event, we need trades. We, we are in desperate need of trades. And we're willing to pay you more for for your vehicle than what it's worth because right now we've got customers that are looking for cars, look like looking for your car. They want that car, and I need it. So when there's high demand, guess what happens? You know, this basic economics. You I'm going to be able to I gotta, I gotta pay more for that product to fill the demand. So that's why you want to get down here and get this done this weekend. Uh, and, and, again, you talk about all the goodies that go along with it. Not only great savings, but uh, the forever warranty. And we can't stress this enough. It is real. It is fantastic. And 
it's it's good for as long as you own it. You can as put as many miles as you want on that. Drive the pins off of it, as my wife would say. Get get out there, drive those cars, put the miles on it. Uh, you've got a lifetime warranty on it as long as you own that car, and that comes on all of our new and. Probably 90% of our used cars. Yeah, take advantage of it right now. Tim Daly, Nissan in Murray, 4500 South State Street, right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Jason, good morning. You're on the air with DJ and PK. So you guys are the champions of morning talk radio. Oh, nice. And one, it's this queen. That reminds me of DJ. Queen of soccer. (laughs) (laughs) What did you say? You you broke up a little bit. Could you repeat that? Those two reasons? Say it again. I said because you guys are the champions of morning sports talk radio. Yes. And DJ is the queen of soccer. DJ and PK are the champions of morning radio. And DJ individually is the queen of soccer. I like it. It makes complete and total sense to me. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Ninety-seven five, twelve eighty, the zone and the zone sports network. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard. Uh, you know what? It's time to bring back a time-honored tradition. <laughs> well, I, I guess if you could call it that, yeah. Sorry to laugh. <laughs> Seem. Uh, time-honored tradition. Seemed kind of inappropriate. You laughing at our time-honored tradition. <laughs> Yeah, it is. This will be our sixth year doing it. Uh, Yeah, and it kind of took off on the Utah preview show. uh, And then uh, because when when, uh, Brandon Doman was doing the BYU preview show, he wasn't real too keen on this. Um, So we brought it back. Will Snowden's been a part of it the last couple of years. Uh, So we will do over-unders. And I figure, you know, look, we should. We want as much normalcy as possible and – one thing that people come to expect in these preview shows is the over-under segment. So you ready to go? Yeah, man, I'm so excited about this. I'm not going to lie. Uh, setting I, lines. I'd completely forgotten about the over-under segment until Lloyd sent us a text near the end, end of that interview. And said, don't forget our time-honored tradition. Yes. <laughs> you we, said, of course. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. So I set the lines during the commercial break. So. No, the truth is we've we've had this on the docket and we've been oh, yeah. anticipating yep. I mean, it. Yes, that's it. We're... Lloyd just simply forgot to play the open with the big voice guy and and us honoring our time honored tradition. Um, Lloyd, you want in on over under this year? Sure, why not? You know the rules, right? There are you know no rules. rules. No, no. There's 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 um, you just bring your bag of Skittles. Yeah. Oh, of course. Of course. Taste the rainbow, Lloyd. (laughs) All right. Uh, Navy rushing yards in this game. Last year, Navy averaged 360.5 yards a game on the ground. I'm going to set it a little lower. I'm going to go 339.5. Under. Hands. It's going under. Uh, I will go. um... Lloyd, what are you doing? 
I am going to go under as well. I'm going to go over. Okay. Uh, Lloyd is going under. I know that we we got extra time to break this game down, but I will probably tomorrow. I'll go into to detail why. I I think that Navy is probably a better football team, maybe, but why I think BYU's defense is going to be able to stick in there with them. I'll, I'll talk more about that tomorrow. Uh, Navy passing yards averaged ninety five point two yards passing a game last year. I'm going to set it at uh, I'm going to go eighty four point five. <laughs> That's a sucker. Would you bet. like me to go first? Yeah, Lloyd, why don't I'll you? take That's the a over. Sucker bet. That's placing a pin right behind a bunker, like on the edge of the green, and <laughs> saying, "Hey, go at it." Go ahead, take your shot. I'm going to take the under. Okay, Hans is going under. Um, yeah, I'm going under as well. All right, uh, Navy turnovers in this game. So BYU forcing a Navy turnover, uh, 1.5. Under. Okay, Hans is going under. I am going under as well. Lloyd? Under. Under. BYU turnovers. So Navy forcing BYU to turn the ball over. I set the same number, 1.5. I'm actually going over on that, by the way. I'll start. Under. Over. Lloyd's going over. Zach Wilson, last year when he played, averaged 264.7 yards per game. Uh, First game of the year, I'll drop it down a little bit. I'll put it at 249.5. Um, do you want to go first? I'll go over. 249.5 yards against Navy on the road. Actually, I take that back. I'm going under. In the opener. I'm going to go under. Lloyd? Chance to separate yourself. I've already separated myself. Already, like, within the second one we did. Uh... Under. Chance chance to separate yourself here. All right, so we're all going under. What if I set it at 229.5? I'd take the over. I'll, I'll budge. I'll take the over there. Well, I, I might oh, wait, you're taking – I'm just trying to find – like, I just want us to separate a little bit here because we just went uh, – we all agreed on the last one too, 249.5. If I went 239, Lloyd, would you go over? Yeah, you maybe. Tell you what, I'll go over on 239. On 239? Yeah. Would you go over? No. Okay. Lloyd? Staying under. All right, fine. I'll separate. Um, Frank Dolce's not here, so I'm just going to go ahead and read it like I normally do instead of trying to attach a number to it. Zach Wilson takes every snap at quarterback. Yes or no? Yes. Hans goes, yes. Well, this isn't a yes or no thing. Shut up. It's got to be over. <laughs> Don't want to hear from you. That is not an over-under. I, I'm the going game to wreck is called over-under. My anger is going to wreck this entire segment, and I will not stop talking about it for 20 straight minutes. That's my Frank Dolce impersonation. Can you do his laugh? No. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I'm going to say no, by the way. 
for yeah, I don't know, okay. throwing no. a wild wildcat. No explanation needed. Direct snap to something. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying injured or lack of play or right. anything like that. I'm it's if anybody else takes a snap, any, it could be a blowout. Yeah. Lloyd, I'm gonna go no. Okay, dang it. All right, uh, Katoa total carries in this game. Uh, I'll set the line at uh, nobody. By the way, the only player, and I don't even know if you can count him because he only played in. Uh, let's see. Um, Let's see, who was it that averaged 10 carries a game last year for BYU? Was that the highest? Yeah. What? Uh, let's see, average carries per game. Uh, Tyson Williams, in his short amount of play, averaged 12.2 carries per game, attempts per game. Mm-hmm. Nobody else was over eight. Uh, I'm still going to jump it up a little bit. I'm going to go uh, Katoa, total carries in this game, 14.5. That's a really good number. I'm going to go over. Okay. I'm going to go under. Lloyd? I'm going to take the over. Okay. Wow. I'm either going to be loving life or <laughs> tasting the rainbow. Um, uh, BYU total rushing yards. Average last year 159 yards on the ground uh, per game. I'll put it at 149.5. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under. By the way, I'll, I'm gonna go over. Okay, Lloyd, and I'll take the under. Okay. All right. Score for the tiebreaker. What do you got? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Navy. Twenty-four. BYU twenty. Lloyd. Twenty to seventeen, BY uh, BYU wins. Um, I'm gonna go BYU. Almost your same score. I'm gonna go. Well, actually, I gotta separate a little bit with Lloyd. I'll go twenty four seventeen. There you got it. All right. I think it's going to be – I think we can all agree this is a good matchup. It's yeah. going to be a great game. And I think that we are all beyond excited that we're going to have some college football. Why do you have to take a picture of this? Coming just, up. Just trust me. It's fine. No, because when I'm doing the BYU pregame show, I, no, like, I, to, I, just, I like to reference it. I just uh... – And I don't want you to change it. <laughs> What? Gee, Lord, a lot of trust on this show. I don't want you to change it. Nor should he. Scotty writes the, the last number on the over-under, and I'm clicking a picture to move in his hand. Move your hand. <laughs> Get this picture. Uh, it's going to be a fun one, though. Oh, Scotty, it's going to be so much fun, man. Uh, the, I'm by so the way, grateful to BYU's efforts here. These numbers could be way off on everything that we just did because I I feel like in football, I mean, a home crowd, you tell me, Hans, a home crowd feels like a bigger deal than – than in any other sport. Yeah, especially in, in Annapolis. Oh, like it just like Annapolis. these numbers could be way off on on everything. I mean, I don't know. It's just it's kind of it's kind of weird doing the over under for the, for this game. Well, I know that you. Uh, I mean, you didn't you didn't play at Navy, but you played at Air Force. Yeah. And if the uh, 
cadets at the you know the brigade at Navy is anything like the cadets at Air Force. They're ruthless. They're ruthless, right? man. It makes it really difficult. And so now you don't have that, you know, just bearing down on you. Like I'd you be loving would. life as a football player going into Annapolis. That would make me really happy. That would that would pump me up. That would actually add juice to my game. It really would. To be able to run out of that stadium, not have to worry about you know that brigade and that ambience and that crowd, especially in an opener. Yeah, you've seen the video of Navy's openers. They usher in an amazing intro, and their fans pack in, and that brigade is in before the the team runs out on the field. Yeah, this is a big one, Lloyd. It's it's a desperate change. The other thing that leads to us possibly being way off our numbers is I haven't poured myself into being at practice and being able to watch preparation. Yeah. and Because you can't. Because I can't. Yeah. So I could be way off on some of these things. 100% I could. It's just uh, it's anybody's guess. I mean, I could see BYU going out there and getting a convincing win and looking great, and then you can also go down there and see BYU lay an egg and get ran over. I'm nervous about BYU's ability to get Navy off the off the uh, the field. That's that's what I'm nervous about. When you about. play those kind of you play that kind of offense, if you give up eight minute drives, eighty yard drives that take you know uh, you know a seventeen play eighty yard drive takes seven fifty five off the clock, and your offense goes out and goes three and out. That's the I mean it's just it's a death sentence. And Joe, the the uh, color analyst that came on with us, he talked about how a dominant nose tackle or zero technique can really affect Navy's game. Well, Kairos Tonga is that. But putting Kairos Tonga in Annapolis on a 12-13 play drive, by the time you get to the third quarter, I'm wondering if Kairos is going to have the same juice in the third as he had in the first. Ooh, that's a great point. That is a really good point. Because that's a lot of plays, and that's a lot of rushing. And, he, you know, you can't play high against Navy. You play high against Navy, you're, somebody's going to hit you in your legs and take out your effectiveness. So I'm sure they've been working on the cuts, and I, I'm sure that Ed Lamb and E2 Yaki and that crew have been working on, on the cuts. Navy last year averaged uh, 33 minutes and 29 seconds in time of possession, eighth in the country. Yeah, you can't, it's hard to get them off the field. Did you know Utah was third in the country in time of possession? No, I had no idea. 34 minutes and 19 seconds. I didn't realize that they were that 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 ball controlling. Um, you know, is that – as we kind of go through preparation tomorrow, is that score – can we change these scores? Sure. Okay. I, I need to look at two things. I'm going to go back I don't and look know. at you some took film. the picture. Sounds like it was kind of a set in stone. As no, as no. Hit, <laughs> as soon as you hit click on that camera of yours, I've got to go check the two things on film. Um, I, I need to look at a little bit closer at Peyton Wilgar, BYU linebacker. Okay. I, I think he, I can remember seeing certain things from him, thinking this guy could be a legit, you know, quick cover run support, heavy lead type of linebacker. I just need to go back and reassure myself. But I'm so pumped for this game. I'm so glad we got college football coming up on Monday. Yeah. And NFL coming up on Thursday. 
All right, take your final break. Come back, wrap up the show straight ahead right here on the Zone Sports Network. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Ninety-seven five twelve eighty, the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Um, by the way, not necessarily BYU related, but that whole dust-up of the uh, Big Ten starting in October. I haven't heard much about that today. Have you? No, no. Uh, I think the presidents may have said, "Hey, zip it. Well, we're, it. we're not doing it." And Dan Patrick came back and reiterated a little bit and said, "No, there's still a possibility that you know, of course, that this doesn't happen." I guess the October 10th date was exactly what you and I speculated yesterday. That is the cutoff deadline in order to be eligible for the college football playoffs. Yeah. So that October 10th does have some relevance. If the if the Big Ten wants to get back in this and try to fight for a 14 playoff, then they better do it by the October 10th. But I just can't see that. No, I can't either. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. As much as – multiple people would love to see it. I don't know if you can get 14 teams to to sign off on it. And I've heard that if they did, if there was a possibility and they did get the Big Ten back engaged, that multiple teams out of the 14 would opt out of that. Oh, really? Yep. No. Yeah, it's it's just I, I think it was always a pipe dream. All right, uh, wrapping up another edition of the show, Hans and Scotty. Uh, Mark hanging out with us once again here at Tim Daly Nissan in Murray, 4500 South State Street. Uh, cannot stress this enough. It is Labor Day coming up this weekend. Uh, this is the absolute best time to buy a car because, let's be honest, it's one of those big big events where you guys is, need to move some vehicles. This is a big deal, and we've got big numbers we've got to move. Um, the factory has given us a lot of incentives to help us move a lot of cars. We've got great deals on our Rogue on the uh, Altima on the Sentra. We've got 0% APR for 72 months on the Titan. And all of those vehicles, including all of our used, which we have priced down low, low, low in the market. So we've got great thing about the Internet, right, is it's given us incredible data. So we know where our competition is priced, and we are priced under them uh, for a reason. we got to sell a lot of cars. Yeah. And uh, so when you come in here, but... Great deals and forever warranty, worry-free sanitize. So when you come in, you get some great value, and we're going to pay a lot of money for that trade because we need it bad. The uh, the forever warranty, it's it's no joke. As long as you own the vehicle, as many miles as you put on it, it's in place. Yep, that's right. Your powertrain is covered, which is the biggie, right? Yep. And then, uh, you know what? You can trade in a vehicle, get five months, no payment. I mean, yeah. that's, 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 a lot of, that's a lot of peace of mind right there. There's so many great things happening when you come in to get a car at Tim Daly uh, and, and that you don't get anywhere else. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's really a no-brainer. Come down here. Uh, and i got to imagine uh, this place can be hopping throughout the weekend. So hopping. If you want hopping the se- now. If you want the selection, you got to get down here now. Yeah, you do. If you really, I mean, we've got a lot of cars. I mean, we've got over 400 new Nissans available, and we've got about that in used cars. You won't believe how quickly that will go this weekend. Love it. Get down here. Uh, 4500 South State Street. Thanks for letting us hang out, man. Thanks, we appreciate it, Thanks always. again. Thanks, guys. Uh, big show coming up next. A lot of jazz talk coming up next right here on the Zone Sports Network.